the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. In today's message, Pastor Rander teaches us God's specific requirements for praising and thanking Him as outlined in Psalms 100. Every person of every nation is to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. God's word makes it clear that no person or nation is exempt from this requirement. We are to praise him for his goodness to us in all things. We are to serve him with gladness and come before his presence with singing. We are to love God, praise God, and bless his name at all times. He will be teaching from a number of scriptures. So get your pen and paper ready. Now let's listen in. Hey, you. He didn't say, oh, maybe I made you. I kind of made you. No, I have made you, period. All right. You you said, well, can you show me some more scriptures? Because I'm still confused about who made me. (laughs) Psalms 119.73a says, your hands have made me. Look at that. I'm so glad God made me. Because if you had anything to do with making me, no telling. I have an ear in my mouth, a toe in my ear. Hey, have you seen people try to make, make these dolls and stuff? They can't breathe. You know, they, try, you know, they make these little, what you call them? These little things they put clothes on in the store. Mannequins, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all been in enough stores, you know what You know, you, I look at, sometimes I look at, sometimes they, they got them all dressed up. And I look at them, I say, man, hey, they, but, they, but you know, they, they can't turn their head, but man made them. They can't blink an eye. They can't move a finger. They can't breathe. All they can do is, is sit there and look with some attire on. They can't even grunt. But oh, good God Almighty, I can move. I can go backwards. I can go forward. I can go this way, I can go that way, I clap my hand, and I can jump. Why? God made me. You ought to be thankful that you can do all that. Now, some of y'all sitting here, and you look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. I saw one of my dear close friends the other day, just the other day in Houston, and to see him had, a, had a, just a back surgery. And from this back surgery, he was having so much pain, so I didn't have surgery. And his sister had just died, and he couldn't make that funeral. And his brother died, and, and, and then he could, then, then he's, I walked in there, and then he just laid out. I said, what happened? You know, he could, couldn't talk and had a trach, and they were suctioning that out. He couldn't raise his hand. He couldn't move. He was throwing up all over himself and trying to tell me sorry. I said, man, you're sick. And I just look at him and couldn't move his arms, can't take himself to the restroom. And I just looked at him. We grew up together. And I'm just looking at him. I said, wow. And here we are. You can move your hand. Yes, sir. 
You can move your feet. You can walk. And you can talk. And you can wave your hands. And you too mean to enjoy God. When you think about who God is and and where you could be right now, you don't have to be dead. You can just be an invalid. You can be an invalid. Somebody have to feed you, clothe you, restroom you, brush your teeth. You can't scratch an itch. And then you come in here all sour. Where is the joy in your life? How many of you know that you know that you know you know that you know that you know that you know you 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 know that you know you know God's been good to you? Do I have any witnesses in here? Do you know by now how good God is? Anybody know how He's made a way? Anybody seen him bring you through? Anybody, have you seen God work in strange ways in your life? Well, how on this side of heaven can you sit there and hold your hands and look all sedity? You ought to let that makeup go. Shout your shoes off. You ought to cut loose because God's been good to you. Anybody here know he's been good to you? Him work in strange ways. Made ways out of no ways. I wouldn't have a God I couldn't shout about sometimes. Is he all right? Is he all right? Don't fool me now. Is he all right? God's been good to us. He's brought us a long way. I ain't closed yet. Sit on back down. He who your hands have made me and fashioned me. Psalms 139, 13 and 14 also says, for you formed my inward parts. When last time you thank God for your inward parts? Your spleen. Your nervous system. Last praise, thanks. The last Thanksgiving service last Sunday night. One little boy, somebody said, I thank God for my immune system. If y'all, I wish y'all could have heard that little child. Immune system. When last time you thank God for your immune system? Wow, immune system. Wow, he says, I, I, I praise you, Lord, for all of that. You form my inward parts, uh, my nervous system, my, my intestinals, my kidney, my heart, uh, my, the blood you put in my body covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You you ought to have a, listen, don't don't be lifted up in pride, but you ought to thank God that he made you. I'm so glad he didn't make me a turkey for Thanksgiving. (laughs) 
I'll be in somebody's digestive system right now. Thank God he didn't make you a pig. Pork ribs. Oh God. I thank God he made me a man. I thank God he made me a man. You ought to be thanking God he made you a woman. He made you a girl. He made you a boy. He didn't make you neutral. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I was on vacation one day. Uh, every time I give an illustration, y'all get so quiet. Y'all like illustrations. So I was on vacation. So I said I had to go to the men's restroom. And so I was walking down. I didn't know where it was, so they showed me where it was. So I was walking on vacation, my short pants on, walked the rest. Then this other man shot past me and went into the ladies' room. Hello. Hello. So I went on in the men's room. That's where I belong. So I finished up everything. After a while, I saw him come in the men's room. I said, what you doing in here? He said, man, I had to go so bad, I just ran in there. I ran in. You know, he didn't care what man. You know, when you gotta go, you gotta go. He just, he just the first. He shot. He said, but when I looked in there and didn't see no urinal, I discovered I was in the wrong restroom. I said, I saw you go in there, but I wasn't gonna stop you because I didn't know who. I told him I didn't know what you were. That's I, just like that. He said, Oh no, everything God gave me, I want to keep. <laughs> We both fell out laughing. I said, man, God didn't call me to stop nobody. I preached the word, but I'm not going to. God didn't tell me to go stop him. Uh-uh, I'm not going to stop him. I'm so glad that you're on the right side. <laughs> uh, yeah, he made me fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. Absolutely no one can worship God apart from knowing that he is our creator. You see, if you don't recognize him as your creator, how can you worship God if you don't even believe he made you? You know why people don't want to believe? And thank you, Holy Ghost. You know why folk don't want to believe, don't want to believe that God made them is because they don't want any accountability. You see, if you begin to believe that God made you, then you got to answer to it. You got to do things according to his word and his law, you see. So, so, so you got absolutely no one can worship God f- from knowing that he is our creator. And even more, if we are saved by the blood of Jesus, he is our savior, which gives us even more reasons why we should worship him. Number five, God requires us to worship him because he is our shepherd and we are his people. God requires us to worship him because he is our shepherd and we are his people. 3C says we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Now, we are his sheep. We are his sheep means that we belong exclusively uh, to Christ and must respond only to his voice as sheep. 
Some of you here today, you have wandered into the wilderness of this world because you have listened to the to wrong voices. That's why your life has been shipwrecked. You listen to the wrong woman, the wrong man, the wrong friend, the wrong sorrow, the wrong fret brother, the wrong uh, home home person from the hood. You've listened to deceptive voices instead of listening to uh, the, the shepherd's voice. People will come into your life, mess you up real good, and you can't find them once your life is in an unholy mess. Psalms 23, 1a says, the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. When you know the shepherd personally, you will recognize and respond only to his voice amidst the competing voices of this world. There are a lot of voices out there that are anti-God. They're talking noise out there. They're talking things that are not of God. And just because they're in the media don't mean they're talking right. Just because they're voice on the radio. Some of you listening to politicians. You're listening to the wrong voices. The scripture also says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You evidence the fact that you are God's sheep is because you follow him. Your following him gives evidence to the fact, it validates the fact that you, you're God's sheep. My friend, return to Jesus, who is the great shepherd. He will lead you in the path of righteousness and protect you from the predators of this world who desire to kill, steal, and destroy. Number six, God requires that we come into his house with a thankful heart to bless his name. God requires that we come into his house with a thankful heart to bless his name. You say, where is it? Verse four, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Look at that again. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. In verse four, the gates and courts were those of the temple. Unless we enter the house of the Lord with hearts filled with thanksgiving, our worship will be in vain. If you can't come in here with a thankful heart, a glad heart, your worship will be vain. It will be useless. Your worship will be worthless. Your worship will be unacceptable before God. If you come in here mean, mad, sulking, uh, grouchy, uh, with a chip on your sh- shoulder, your worship will be unacceptable. Even though you may enter the house of God downtrodden. Some of you have come into the house of God, but you're burdened, you're oppressed with the cares of this world. Giving praise and thanksgiving to God will lift your heart. You, that's where you need to come to church when you're depressed, when you've been betrayed, when you're in pain. Somebody under my voice, you're in pain right now. Some of you, you've got a major decision right now. Some of you are sick right now, but you made it to the house of God. Coming into God's house on the Lord's day, hearing the words of God, singing Zion songs, it lifts the heart. It relieves your burdens and renews your hope. As a matter of fact, you get your mind off yourself when you come in here and you put it on God and all of a sudden the cares of the world and, and your issues of life begin to wane because of, because of giving thanks to God and blessing his name. Yeah, 
God requires that we be thankful and bless his name. But so many saints cannot because of ingratitude. They can't bless his name because of a spirit of entitlement. Uh, They can't bless his name because their life is so sinful, yet they're in church. You'd be surprised of people who come into the church after sleeping with somebody they're not married to. Flirting with somebody that's not that you're not married to. I mean, you, you, you'd be surprised who, uh, people who come in here that are drunkards come in, come in here. They're gossip and slanderous. And then they go hold up, not holy hands, unholy hands. You, you, you see, hooked on pornography and don't even care about it. I mean, uh, uh, angry in your life, an unforgiving spirit. Think you're going to worship God. Can't talk to your mother. Can't talk to your father. Can't talk to your sister. Can't talk to your in-law. Can't talk to your grandchild. Mad at something back yonder 20 years ago. It's taken away your joy. Some of you can't worship God and be glad and bless his name because of a judgmental spirit. You, you, you sit in the judgment seat, lifted up in pride. But let me tell you something. You're not all that. Some of you can't worship God because you sold to handcuffed by tradition, the way it used to be. Listen, it's not what you, what you used to do. It's what you're doing for God now. Some of you can't worship God because you're too busy too busy. Some of you want me to shut up now so you can have the benediction. You just that busy. But if you're too busy for God, you're too busy. Some of you can't worship God and bless his name because of your impatience. Some of you can't bless his name because of a small mindset. Some of you can't bless his name because you're a habitual grumbler. Say grumble. Some of you grumble, 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 grumble. Like gobble, 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 grumble, grumble, grumble. Beloved, if you are a chronic grumbler who is grouchy, gripes, complains, and groans about anyone and anything, then it is impossible for you to be thankful and bless the name of the Lord. My friends, refuse to grumble because people have to suffer through your grumbling. Did you hear that? Refuse to grumble. People have to, every time you grumble, somebody say, oh, I hope she shut her mouth. God, in the name of Jesus, shut her up. Shut him. Oh, God, don't let her come this way if she going to grumble. Some folk have to, they have to suffer through your grumbling. You got to grumble out of Often people grumble against those who are not responsible for their trouble. Did you hear that? Often people grumble against those who are not responsible for their trouble. God hates grumbling because it creates discord. God hates grumbling because it creates discontentment. God hates grumbling because it creates dissension, which is so destructive and has no place in the Lord's church. Grumbling would tear up the workplace. Grumbling would tear up the church. Grumbling would tear up your own family. When believers are passionately involved in the work of the Lord, they have no time to grumble or criticize because they are so consumed with the work of the Lord. You find that most folk who grumble are not doing anything. They're not in the choir. They're not, they're not on the tape ministry. They're just a professional 
pew evaluator. <laughs> they sit in the judgment seat and just grumble. And some folk work and grumble. You grumble when it's Monday. You grumble when it's Friday. You grumble when you fool. You grumble when you have it and you grumble when you don't. Let me, let me guess. I don't know who wrote this poem, but, but the Lord gave it to me. And I just want to read this about grumbling so you can be thankful. Listen at this. They grumble when it's morning and they grumble when it's night. They grumble when it's raining and they grumble when it's bright. They grumble when it's hot and they grumble when it's cold. They grumble when they're young, but a lot more when they're old. But there's a new location called Hallelujah Street. We recommend that you move up there and be forever sweet. Leave grumbling alley vacant. Put on no thoroughfare. For God will never bless them if they are set on living there. Beloved, we must ask God to liberate and set us free so that we can bless and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Hebrews 12, 1b says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us so we can bless the name of God as worshipers after you have turned off the motor of your car. I'm talking about out in that parking lot. As worshipers after you turn off the motor of your car in the parking lot, before you even open your car door, pray and ask the Lord to give you a thankful heart before entering the house of God. We cannot genuinely praise God unless there is thanksgiving in our hearts. Those void of a heart of thanksgiving are vulnerable and allow themselves to be filled with the things that are not of God. Listen, you will not praise God in jealousy, in bitterness, in with a competitive spirit, with pride, with vindictiveness, with selfishness, with fear, and even with worry. You will not praise God, especially in light of what we have gone through as a nation with the hurricanes, the fires, the mass shootings, the political of evil. It's so easy to worry. Worry will take away your praise. Worry will cause you to take on the responsibility for that which God never meant for you to assume. Some of you are taking on burdens that God has not authorized you to take on. Many saints often worry about things that God is already working out. Did you get, did you get that? Many, many of you, are, you're worried about things that God is already working out. And then when he works it out, then you embarrass. You ashamed. We ought to be ashamed. We ought to be embarrassed because it was an inability to trust God and believe that He will work it out on His own time. That's right. That's right. He's working it out even when we don't understand. Even when it seems like time is running out. Many saints often worry about things that God is already working out. Refuse to allow worry to steal your energy. It takes energy to worry. Refuse to allow worry to steal your joy. Refuse to allow worry to steal your health. Worry will make you sick. Worry will give you migraine. Worry will give you ulcers. Worry, worry will, will just 
mess you up. It'll cause you to have lack of inner peace and lack of contentment in Christ. Beloved, there must be praise in the heart before there can be worship in the church. There must be praise in the heart before there can be worship in the church. As we grow and mature in our worship, we will discover new reasons to praise God when we worship God. What are the benefits of praising God? And I'm almost done. What are the benefits of praising God? A, a spirit of thanksgiving and praising God will keep us from meditating on evil things that are destructive to the mind, the soul, and the spirit. Do you know what? It, you know what keep you from worshiping and praising God? Thinking on that which is evil. First Corinthians 13, 5b says, love thinks no evil. That's right. You think evil against your children. You think the worst of your children is the best of your children. The worst of your wife is the best of your wife. The worst of your husband is the best of your husband. You can't see the possibilities. You see all the things that are wrong. The, the worst in members, the worst in ministry, the worst in the workplace. And then you get to conniving and strategizing. And all that stuff is of the devil. Uh, love thinks no evil. Devilish strategies. Uh, B, praising the Lord will keep your mind and lift the spirit of depression. I've never seen so many depressed Christians. It will lift depression. And I'm talking to somebody about radio, television, and even in this church house today. In Isaiah 61, 2B through 3A, it says, Isaiah prophesies that the Messiah will come. What will he do when he come? To comfort all who mourn. Then there are many of you who mourn death of a loved ones, death of loved ones who are hurting, who grief stricken to console those who mourn in Zion. He'll comfort those who mourn over their sins as well to give them beauty for ashes. Seems like when you look and you have nothing to show for your life, God is able to restore what the locusts have eaten, my friends. This message is about hope. As we choose to live holy each day of our lives, Satan will seek to destroy us and our testimony. That's his goal. We have a goal, too, to lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus and finish well. As we live for our Lord and Savior, though we are weak, we become strong. Why? Because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.